All right, we are back. Welcome to the Sports and Media Show. I'm Jeff. I'm Joe. Joe, what's new? Oh, I, th- I was hoping you'd have something. To, uh, no. Well, I guess <laughs> no, the, the big thing in media, well, I'll let you go, but no, no, I, go the ahead. big thing that happened this week in media, ESPN have finally announced that how they're going to switch and change their uh, morning programming until right. January 1st. Uh, Mike and Mike will uh, go away in the form they are now. Mike uh, Golick will then be teamed with Trey Wingo on ESPN2 and ESPN Radio. And then Mike Greenberg is going to go kind of solo. This is the weird part about this whole thing. They haven't really designed how they're going to launch the Mike Greenberg show. He's going to have multiple guests and multiple story angles, and it's not going to be Sports Center esque. It's going to be different. So, yeah, I didn't think he was going to stay in sports. And again, all I know is from what I've read about him and following all that. But I know he—he's a writer. Yep. He loves writing books. His his parents owned a really big bookstore. I believe it was in, was it in New York City. Yeah. I think it was. And uh, so I can see him wanting to go off in these other topics, not just stick to sports. Even though he's a very big sports fan, he spent a lot of his life here. So that makes him fit. Like like Golik, who who I who I like as well, is more of a sports guy. Uh, you know, Greenberg is not. Don't yeah. you think? I, yeah, I think Greenberg is going to go more into the entertainment for And that's the show, frankly, I want to listen to. I want to or watch. Yeah. I want to find out what he's doing. And it'd be nice to have two options in the morning, you know, because really, if you're if you're into some kind of sports talk in the morning on on TV now. You know, you got, you've got, you'll have Trey and Mike, and you have a little bit of the Greenberg show. And I know Greenberg's going to have Booger McFarland on a lot and a couple of other. I really with, like him, Yeah, too. and he's really come on as, as an analyst, and he'll be the football guy. So uh, that's the, that, that'd be fun. It's interesting. We'll see. Uh, they're kind, I think there are concerns about how the Greenberg show is going to be formatted, but people are panicking. It doesn't launch till January 1st. So, they, you know, again, we figured out a podcast in two weeks. These guys at ESPN <laughs> can figure it out as well. So. Right. What, do they have an extra camera or two in us? <laughs> they have more than a phone, like, looking at us yeah, right now? Yeah, we got Facebook. people watching in Florida. Yeah, come on, we're Rick Schull's out in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so we got people we're all national. Over. We are national. national. Today we if are, we at least. can do it, absolutely. So uh, NBA playoffs. Now, the interesting thing is happening in the NBA right now, which uh, – is either good or bad how you look at it, and I think it's really bad in terms of it looks like the Warriors and Cavs are going to probably sweep their way into the uh, the, the NBA Finals, which means you know that there was no competition, and no competition in sports means there's a lot of bad teams, or there's really two super teams, and it's kind of heading that way. Your thoughts, Joe? Well, I, I think always that if, if you don't go to Game Sevens during your playoff series. You're, you're lacking because there's nothing more exciting besides maybe a Super Bowl than a Game Seven in sports. You know, we we, we you know we want that even if it's think of you know in the Western semifinals. You know, I wasn't really excited, but people out west were. Yeah. You know, that Game Seven, it's 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 win or go home. So if you're sweeping through it, how exciting is that? By the time it's two o three o, who's going to watch? The third or fourth game, and if it goes to a fifth, you're going well. You know, someone got lucky. It was I, 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 the ratings are not going to continue to rise. If you recall, going into this year, the NBA commissioner, the new NBA commissioner, was concerned about these super teams because he thought, "How is it going to? How are the fans going to react?" And I think fans right now are just like, "Let's start the NBA finals now because there's no reason uh, to play these games." Because un- unfortunately for you, Celtic and Spurs fans out there, it doesn't seem like you have a chance. No, I think it's a major accomplishment that the Celtics are even in the finals. Right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and the NBA is built around superstars. Think about it. I I can't imagine that anybody is going to stop. Anybody was going to stop Cleveland coming in. I, I heard a metric this morning when I was listening to someone uh, on ESPN, and, and I didn't. This is a stat I didn't know that they had. They were talking about acceleration rate on the court, and they're saying that. LeBron James is actually faster now than earlier in this year, and in part because he had that rest 
and all of these sweeps. Yep. So that's actually good for them. And if they happen to sweep again the, the, in the next couple of games, they won't play again for like a week and a half, so he's going to be well-rested oh, heading yeah. into the Warriors' finals. So. Yeah, I just – at the beginning of the year, I think everybody said, I think we said this, this is probably going to be Warriors and Cavs. And shockingly, it is. Yeah. We're right for once. Shocker. Right. The other news out of the inter- or out of the sports world that I, I want to get your take on uh, announced that the you know the second Monday night football game on the, on the opening night is going to be announced by Beth Mowens, first female that will ever do a Monday night football game. And then uh, the Rex Ryan will be her uh, analyst that night. So Beth Mowens and Rex Ryan, your thought on that? You know, Rex Ryan's entertaining. I, whether or not he's, and he's also very, he's he's actually a pretty good coach. I think he gets denigrated for that. Was there another NFL I missed? What? No, I mean he's a pretty good coach. If you can win even eight games in the NFL, you don't suck, you right? You've got. To, I mean, we couldn't win eight. I games. love you, Joe, but I'm disagreeing. I think he's one of the worst coaches. <laughs> Do you really? But why? Because he's he, he. It's about him. Football, yeah. You know, you look at Belichick, and so, whether you like him or not, it's about the team. Well, you look at the great coaches, I always think it's about the team. He he wanted it to always be about him, is coming out, be dressed like his brother, being a buffoon, acting like an idiot. Uh, you know, I just I, that, to me, that's not an NFL professional coach. And I, I don't know how good of a broadcaster he's going to be now. He, is he going to say things that are crazy, kind of like early Mike Ditka? Maybe. Uh, maybe like an early Bobby Knight, he might be that. People are going to watch, but that second Monday night game is always—it's kind of been the throwaway game anyway. It's like the NFL really gets excited. Then let's face it, around here, nobody was watching the second Monday night game. Yeah, you're asleep by first quarter. More for the West Coast. Yeah, it's more for the West Coast. But you like Rex Ryan? Well, we found that out. Well, I don't love him, but I mean, <laughs> I, th- I think that you know, I have a lot of res- having covered a lot of different teams and leagues. Uh, I think that a lot of fans vastly underappreciate the what work it takes to, to really be successful in any league. So if you're Rex Ryan and you're winning seven or eight games in Buffalo or wherever happens in the Jets, they got the FC Championship, you know a lot. It's just like a lot of sports journalists, a lot of them go in going, I know more than a coach. No, you don't. <laughs> Not even close. You know more than the fans, it, most fans, but you don't know more than the coaches. I think also, I think you bring it up, is that I think he's going to be very entertaining. Yeah, because, I, because of the Mimi, I understand. And I, mean, I hope he, he and I hope he doesn't hold back. You know, because when when ESPN brought Mike Dick on, that was their thing. Mike Dick is going to say all these crazy things, and he was almost really boring. Right. He wouldn't say anything. Right, it was just yeah. like he wasn't. He didn't want to be that guy. I, I think Rex Ryan will be that guy. Yeah, be yourself. I mean, right. that's the most important thing. Other things on. Let's switch to some of your uh, choices for topics today on the Sports Media Podcast. Well, the thing that's that's really intriguing to me right now is uh, the whole thing with. Uh, Ball and, and Leahy on FS1. Yeah, well, I, um, I don't know how much I, I was able to uh, watch it this morning and watch the tape of it and looked at some transcripts of it and, um, <laughs> I, you know, where do you start? You know, as far as media, I think there's two parts. I think Ball's getting. Um, ripped a great deal justifiably. I don't know if you saw it. Yeah, he, he'll he doesn't even look at it, right? Yeah, he basically says that women don't need to worry about his shoes and she's in the wrong lane. Stay and in your own lane, right? Whatever yeah. that means. Yeah. That's like one of the most denigrating things you can say. And I don't know why media keep asking him to come on. I oh, mean, oh, yeah. that's what I know. I know he's probably good for ratings, but yeah, that's, at some point you got to say, this guy has not done anything. Like if we want to interview a ball, let's interview his, his kid Lonzo, who's probably going to be the, the, the one or two pick in the right. upcoming NBA draft. And I think when the NBA gets Lonzo Ball, they're going to try to insulate him away from his dad, which it needs to be done. Oh, absolutely. As you know, it's um, you've got to grow up at some point. And, again, I don't know that 
that's probably unfair for me to say. I don't know that he's a, a grown up or not, but we're, but everybody needs to mature when they get to that level. Not that his father may not be able to help him. He's helped him to get to this level. I'm sure his, he has some good advice, but he can't rely upon him in the same way. But going back to the reason and what we talk about in sports media is why he's on there for the ratings, as you've yeah, said. That's what one of our yeah. listeners, Tommy Beatus, said. Ratings is why he's on. Why? Who else? You know, FS1's got to be excited about this because everybody's talking about FS1 when no one was ever talking about FS1 because <laughs> it's a really uninteresting, blowhard type of show where yeah. you're yelling. And again, the people on there are very smart people, but the format throws them in these situations where they have to argue and, and debate each other, and, and apparently they believe there's an audience for it, although the ratings are not really showing it yet, right? Uh, you're exactly right. Well, a lot of the sports ratings are down, I mean, all over the board because of things like podcasts and right. uh, different ways to stream, you know, you, in, in, instant <coughs> updates via Twitter, all the stuff that, it, you know, that the kind of as the media shift is happening is that people are dying for ratings, and so that's why you hire Rex Ryan, and that's why, you know, Dan Lebitard, because for some reason, gets to say whatever he wants on ESPN now, because I think they realize that they have to have that kind of, his kind of personnel, personality on there, because he's fighting right now with his listeners on Twitter, right and left. I mean, he's having a blast with it, because he knows it brings ratings, and it brings people to the show, good or bad, and that's what they want. They want eyeballs, and they want ears. I think part of the reason, and I'm guessing, uh, why Levitard does that is that he decided he's going to do the show the way he wants to, and if people don't like it, turn off. Yep. And he's, he's pretty, pretty much, much said yeah, yeah. He says that. He exactly. says that all the time, and he's right. It's like, this is my show. I don't want to be like everybody else, just like Ditka, yep. having to, trying to be like yep. everybody else instead of being like Ditka. Be yourself. And one reason that he is successful is because there's a lot of people, including myself, who really like that show. Because it's not the same other show. When I want analysis, I'll look for this show. When I want yep. entertainment, I mean, like one of my favorite days is on Tuesday when they have uh, uh, the, the the Ron from the uh, Miami Zoo oh, yeah. on there <laughs> talking about that. I mean, that's not sports, but it's really it's entertainment, and, it's and that's entertainment. what ESPN. Remember, <coughs> it's it's sports and programming entertainment. So I mean, that's that's what it was about. So oh, absolutely. Steve Kerr said something interesting. Did you hear Steve Kerr? This is kind of, and I don't like to go into politics, as you know, because it drives me nuts. But Steve, per, Steve Kerr basically said the president uh, is. Uh, I don't know what the word was, but he, that he's an embarrassment. Let me get idiot moron. What, what did he I think say? he said he was. Uh, this uh, isn't me. Yeah, this is yeah, me guessing. Yeah. But Steve Kerr basically called out the president this morning and said he's an embarrassment. So there's uh, a guy that's you know basically said take a bat has taken a taken a back seat in the in the playoffs due to his injury, but had enough time to say this. So you're, we always talk about this mix that we're in right now between sports and politics. You you, you like the fact that Steve Kerr said this, or would you prefer that he just kind of stays a? Absolutely. I, I, as we've said in here on the show before, is that I. You know, for people to say that you, you need to extract politics from sports, we can't. It's part of it. It's everything, the precede for the game, part of the game, the follow-up for the game. You know, people go to the White House afterwards. I, I think these athletes should be able to speak their mind, and uh, they do. And Steve Kerr is a very smart man who's, uh, whose father was, uh, was killed when, as, as uh, um, an ambassador. Was it ambassador, I think? When he was in the Middle East at one point in the, in, uh, the 80s, when he was in college, I believe it was. Steve Kerr has said some very smart things about this along the way. I want to hear that. I mean, as you know, I'm as much of a political junkie as yeah, you are, a for sports sure, yeah. junkie. And, you know, we could probably do a couple of hours <laughs> just on the whole Donald Trump situation. And um, the thing that bothers me in some ways is that when we're talking about politics is that people are so stratified or calcified or pick with your verb and, and um, they're not willing to listen to one another. And then we go to sports and say, oh, it's an escape. No, it isn't. It's reflective of American society. And if you don't like it, you know, don't listen or don't watch because yeah. there's a whole lot going on. 
Um, Steve, uh, Steph Curry has mentioned something about that. Greg Popovich has talked about this. Um, uh, Stan Van Gundy talked about this. We've had a lot of people d during this past year talking about the problems. As a matter of fact, Stan Van Gundy, uh, remember back in January, said his players he had to give him a day off because they were so deflated when they found oh, yeah, out that Donald Trump won. You know, clearly the NBA is more of the players of a, of a Democrat or, or a liberal-minded in that sense. Uh, but the things that are going on right now with Donald Trump are unprecedented. Unprecedented. And kids All I had to mention was politics. Oh you're on your <laughs> you can. I mean, people are going to look back in 10, 20, 100 years, and, and, and really, this is going to be something that's really studied in history as to whether or not what comes out, we'll have to wait to see what comes out. Yep. Oh, my God. Every yeah, day. Don't get me spun up on politics, right, I guess. We'll, we'll switch it back then. <laughs> uh, the other, uh, in, the, the McGregor-Mayweather fight, which a lot of people are excited about, and it's going to be a boxing match, so I don't know how I think people's excitement may be waned when they actually see this happen, but at least it looks like McGregor's on board for sure. Now they're just waiting to see how much money Mayweather asks for. ESPN's been all over this. Like uh, I don't know if they're trying to get into the boxing or, or the uh, you know, MMA uh, game, but I mean it's been the big thing right now. Personally, I could care less, but it's out there. Every, every if you go to ESPN, CBS, NBC, they're all talking about McGregor Mayweather. Yeah, if I cared about this event, I would care about this <laughs> match. Yeah, <laughs> um, um, I've read about it. I've looked at a couple of you know highlights, but I mean, I, I'm someone who was a boxing fanatic when I was in my teens and twenties, and I just have no interest now because it's not. It, it doesn't have a structure. There's five or six different IBF and WBO and WBC and you know NABF and there's all of these <laughs> and th that's not even all of them right now. Who's what? What's going on? And and you have all these governing bodies that need to consolidate. If you had one or maybe two, and then we could start looking to who is the heavyweight champions. Maybe we care. Although I don't know how much has been taken off from MMA. What do you think? I, I'm like you. I, there's, it's, it's. I was never a giant boxing fan. Thomas Hitman Hearns was my guy. Right, the uh, middleweights during that. Yeah, time the were time tremendous. that was fun. MMA, I have no interest at all. I don't know if it's because I'm a, I have a wrestling background. And I and I for the the real college type wrestling as right, to po right. as to the MMA brutality, whatever you want to call it. So not not interested at all. But I know it's going to generate a lot of money and a lot of interest. Uh, Baylor football scandal will not go away. Now they say that possibly uh, there was a video of the gang rape the alleged gang rape, I guess we should say, of the Baylor football. So I'm almost thinking that at some point here soon, Baylor may just be kicked out of the, the Big 12 because I don't think the Big 12 needs any more bad news. Uh, have you been, did you read anything about the story that came out last 24 hours? Not the one in 24 hours, but I've been following a lot of these events on campuses, whether it's sports or non-sports. And there's a lot of crazy things going on on college campuses right now. Um, not just, I mean, you have the yeah. fraternity, they're leaving that kid sitting there pretty much almost waiting for him to die yep. and uh, but you're, we're seeing a lot more with, with athletics and I think the more money that's infused in athletics the more people are going to overlook things and eventually these things always come out almost always come out you know the reporters are in there digging and looking and finding it and it's very easy to find there's there's a paper trail at some point all it takes is one person to talk I don't think this is the end of it. I think this is just the beginning of some problems that we may end up having. That is, if journalists across the country continue to dive in and, and, and investigate these. Well, the, well, it's sickening. What it's helps sickening. them out is that everything that these kids do that are between 16 and 24 is Snapchatted, Instagram, videoed, Facebooked, or something. And their whole lives are being recorded. And I think because they grew up with it, they don't see it being a, a, a big issue. But when something like this happens, 
the mentality of let's let's videotape this is it's just it's horrific and uh, uh, there's so many lessons that are gonna be learned talk about 10 to 20 years from now when people look back on the social media media start era it is going to be people are going to say wow there was some really really <laughs> dumb children out well, there well not only that i mean and to me that's almost secondary it's like the, the notion that rape or or these snuff films you know rape or, or murder is okay and then on top of that like you're saying you're putting it on social media or you're taping it so you're really saying not only do i think it's okay i can't even think in my mind how it could not be okay yeah that that's just it's it's just mind-boggling it's, it's whole, absolutely it's, mind-boggling so uh other other topics on, on your list here on well the one is major. uh we have here at eastern illinois university we have the state track yeah. meet which we have every year on campus we have it on thursday friday saturday you have the girls in this week for the for the girls track meet you have the boys going into their track meet next week for the for the finals there not only is it a great event for our community um state track is you know it's probably one of the most interesting events to attend. Have you been to the state track meet here? I've been around it, not too much. We used to play some music before it, and you see some of the kids do it. I, you know, familiar you with some. You saw how how, yeah. how fanatical the fans are out there. It's crazy, and then this whole town changes. I mean, everywhere you go, there's there's tents and there's trailers and there's trucks. And when you drive home, I live in Mattoon. You drive home, there's all kinds of these. I, I always like to look at the different buses coming in, what, what towns they are, and you think about some of the people that have performed on on at Lance. I mean, over the years, there's been some of the greatest athletes really in the world have performed there. So yeah, and it brings a lot of money, a lot of hotel money, food money, and, and a lot of just excitement to Eastern University. And, you know, consequently also for Eastern University, hopefully that some of these kids want to stay and come back and, and go to school here, uh, which is, I think, the overall goal of EIU right now. Yeah, I'm always, at the high school level, there's this subculture of track that is very, very sometimes the people on the football teams and the basketball teams, they love playing those teams, but they really love being on the track, the four by four, the four by one, you know, all of the other events, the long jump, or, or, or even, you know, the 1500 meters. There's a big culture at it. I ran track when I was in Florida many, many years ago, and it was like that then, and I notice it's still like that now. I'm surprised that track has not picked up in popularity a little bit more at the collegiate whether professional, probably because there's no professional league. Professional league, and it's, you know, I think some people for a track meet, there's so many things going on at once that unless you're into it, maybe you don't understand because right. you, you're going to have, you're going to have long jump, high jump, pole vault, all this stuff going on at once. You may even have discus and, and, uh, shot put on the other side of the field and you've got right. the, you've got the, the very the, busy yeah it's a very busy event so you have to really know what's going on and and what to look for and so and you have four like you said there's four or five games essentially going on at once yeah. for the fan that's somewhat problematic that's a good point yeah that's that's probably one thing but the so it's the, not structured for television at all when you think about no, it no no so, although you can do the tape and yeah only when they get to the olympics do yeah. they make it and even then there's running from event to yeah. event but i can tell you as a journalist it's it's heaven. It's it's Christmas because you have so many. Because in baseball, when you're covering baseball or softball or basketball, pick any game, you have to wait till the end of that game, and you're writing on deadline. Whereas track, you have all these field events early, this in the middle, and so you have. You can write a lot of shorter stories with right. with the local athletes, and there's a lot of local athletes in there. So yeah, it's it's good for the community, and I'm really glad that yeah you signed the the, the continuation of the contract with the IHSA. And so uh, it'll be good. The only interesting is Dave Kidwell will not be, is not running it this year from Eastern standpoint. Oh, really? Yeah, it's his, last year was his last year. I'm sure he's probably out there helping out some oh, way, sure. but he's not quote-unquote in charge this year. He's well-deserved. I mean, he's done so much for that track event. Yep. Um, it's, it's just a spectacular event if anybody's ever has a chance. And I know if you have a chance this weekend, you can come on out there. It's certainly next weekend with the boys as well. They're, they're both. The, the, the girls are just as exciting as, as, as the boys. There you go. 
Any other things on your list, Joe? I'm out. I you you, you um, know, I went through my list. Just just two <laughs> things. I guess we can. Uh, ESPN's uh, Rob King came out and was felt the need to defend ESPN's journalism because I guess it's been taken attack with all the journalists they that they fired, um, and I. I, I just don't get why people would attack ESPN because the resources they throw to journalism is spectacular. They have the uh, defeated, they have outside the lines, they have E60, they do the 30 for 30s, and that's not all of them, you know. I mean, so they do an awful lot of really good things for journalism. As much as maybe we and other people, you know, pick a little bit here and there for some ethical problems, which there certainly is, you know, being the and deliverer of goods. Yeah, and, and a lot of it's personal. Like, you, you know, Stephen A. Smith and Mike Greenberg, people love them or hate them. Uh, but the, I don't think it's the journalistic value is, is an issue. And the reason they fired some of the journalists was simply the fact that it, it's the world we live in today. They couldn't afford There's it. There's cutbacks. You have to make money. And, and it's unfortunate in, in every in, in industry right now. And that's the way it is in, in, in newspaper, radio, TV, and ESPN as well. So you, you look at last you know, there's TV shows that are getting good ratings that are getting canceled right now on TV. Some of it because of political commentary by the main actors, and some Tim of it is because yeah, Tim about. Allen. Yeah. You know, Last Man Standing. It's a great show. It's funny, it's but funny it's gone show. because of the political commentary. There's good shows because it just costs too much to to produce a TV show. So you know, you, you got to get over it. I mean, it stinks at the time when your favorite show goes away or your favorite DJ is gone. But that you know, it's the world we live in. You participate in any of these things on Facebook, you know, social media, they'll say, who's your favorite athletes? I saw the favorite athletes. We were doing that at lunch today, kind of going, just not on Facebook, but on just in person, like, who's your favorite football player? Yeah, right, and just, right. yeah it was kind of fun and interesting. Yeah, I usually don't, and I usually rail against them or make fun of them or make snide remarks and look like, well, I sort of like this one, but I better not I better not participate because anybody will stop making fun of me. Well, where I made fun athlete. of them is if they say, who's your favorite all-time college basketball player? And people go, D. Brown, Luther Head, and Darren Williams. Well, that's that's three. <laughs> you know, you got to pick one, you know, so that that's the fun. Who, who is your favorite college basketball Kenny player? Kenny Battle, without a doubt. Kenny Battle, why Kenny Battle? He could jump out of the gym. He was so much fun to watch. He, When he played, he was in full sweat from from one from minute one to the end of the game. I, I don't think anybody played the game harder. He wasn't as talented. He didn't have a great shot. But if you remember Kenny Battle dunking and rebounding and hustling, I love the guy. He was my all-time favorite college basketball player, and he always will be. You know, it doesn't matter who comes out next. And, and you're not talking to most talented. You're saying your favorite. My favorite. Yeah, not, yeah. Most talented. I, it's hard, how would you say? I mean, who, who knows? But oh, yeah, I can't judge absolutely. that. Yeah. What about you, college basketball? You know, I, I don't really have anyone in particular. I remember teams. So, for example, I remember the Five Slamma Jamma in Houston. I loved watching that team play yeah. with Clyde, Clyde Drexler. Larry Misha. Yeah, was Akeem Olajuwon on that? Michael Young. Yep. Yeah, and I loved the uh, teams with uh, uh, a Georgetown back around that time and. North Carolina had some good teams in Villanova, and Villanova, even recently, you know. But I'm more of a pro. I all-time pro player. Then we'll put you on. The oh, uh, Magic Johnson, Magic. easily. I mean, he, he's he's my favorite because he's most he's entertaining. He could do it all too. I yep. mean, he's a guy who could play center. He could play point guard. I still like Magic Johnson. I appreciate him. I realize yep. he's not. You know, he's, there's some controversy as to whether or not he should have a show or not or what have you, but. My God, I, I, when you look at him, you, I just want to smile. You know, yeah. him, He's, him yeah. and Barkley are probably two of my favorites. So. Yeah, I would be Reggie Miller than than Magic. Hmm. So, I'm a baseball player, all-time favorite baseball player, because I know you're a baseball fanatic. Uh, Thurman Munson. Thurman Munson. Yeah, uh, because he was the catcher of the Yankees when I was growing up. Him and Bobby Mercer are my two favorites, but uh, probably a little bit more Munson, who is uh, fiery. Amazingly fire would get in fights when people try to knock him <laughs> over at the plate and just yell and scream and and also was wildly successful there. Yeah. Dale Murphy for me. 
I wore number three every time I played baseball. It was my favorite player growing up. That's why I'm a Braves fan. Grew up, come home after school, Braves are on because the Cubs were always losing, so I went to the Braves channel. <laughs> well, we both picked probably two borderline Hall of Famers. Dale Murphy probably just misses out. If he would have had two more great years, if you look at his stats, he had a, he had a really good run, then he had some bad years, and he kind of came back, but he just didn't have those two or three more dominant years he'd be in. Maybe someday. But you know what? If you ever talked to Dale Murphy, or not talked to if you ever listened to Dale Murphy say it, it, it's not a big deal to him. His family and his right. kids and the fact that you know he's never been in trouble, that's all he cares about. He does. He's very grounded. Um and most people would say that he was probably one of the best players of his generation, even though he's not in there. Yeah. Thurman Munson was, he died in the playing deck yeah. way, way early. Oh, yeah, way so, early. So there you go. Unfortunately. We're out of time, Joe. All righty. That is the Sports and Media Cast. I am Jeff. I'm Joe. We'll be back next week. Have a great day, everybody.